I'm Steve Dania and this is the My Pride Playlist Pridecast from Virgin Radio Pride. In each episode, we speak to a member of the LGBTQ plus community and go through tracks that have soundtracked their lives. Now, due to rights reasons, the music is shorter than the original broadcast, but it's still great. Enjoy. The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney Plus, celebrating every colour of the rainbow. Steve Daniel with you tonight on My Pride Playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. Tonight we've got actor of stage and screen, LGBTQ plus activist, the man who made me cry loads in It's a Sin when he told Jill he had AIDS, David Carlyle. Welcome to My Pride Playlist. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Really good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love the fact that you sent me your list of songs on Insta and you said, here's my playlist, Steve, it's super gay. (laughs) I think it is, isn't it? I I was saying to you the other, I I was panicking thinking it might be um, too cliche or not interesting enough, but I thought it's honest, so I'm super gay. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. I actually really love this selection of songs. We're in for a treat in the next hour. So then... Let's look at the list. Okay. The first track is. We need a drum roll for this. <laughs> There's quite a bit of this lady actually in the. <laughs> in the yeah. You've got for Celine Dion. Yeah, I know. Okay, so this song, and I did. Want, I thought I'd better double check it with you because, yeah, it's it's it's. it's there's actually, I mean, not much of a story behind it apart from the fact that it's going to be my first dance at my wedding. I. Um, what is it? Yeah, I think it's so. It's just it's one of those like songs that's it's so. Um, ingrained in, in culture that everybody's heard of and then we were in the car in scotland i was visiting my mom and we were, we were actually staying in like a little cottage nearby and we were driving up a hill in like first gear or something like in the middle of ayrshire in the dark i remember and it was oh do you remember that storm like in a march time it was a couple of years back like storm arwen or something yeah and it was really it was like chaos and we were in the middle of a countryside and it came on and it was sort of suitably kind of haunting um, as well as being really lovely. And I got very upset behind the wheel of the car. Just like, I don't know, I something about Jason, my partner Jason, being next to me there and we'd been sort of discussing what songs we should do and, it, and I just went, what about this one? And all the lyrics really, really resonate with me. Um, so as a pride classic given that i'm marrying a man <laughs> i kind of thought well that's this is the this is the song that i that immediately springs to mind now and okay. will always spring to mind so you had a proper moment when this song came out i, I mean who doesn't when celine dion is well, playing you yeah know? You, you could say that <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what we'll play it and then i'm going to ask you loads of personal questions okay, great. I? <laughs> I look forward to it yeah go <laughs> for all those times you stood by me for all the truth that you may for all the joy you brought to my life For all the wrong that you made I'm everything I am Because you loved me Celine Dion, Because You Love Me Chosen by my guest tonight on my Pride playlist It's It's a Sins, David Carlisle is here with me on Virgin Radio Pro. We've got to talk about uh, your partner. In fact, your your husband now, because you recently got married. How did that all pan out? How did it start? Okay, so, I mean, actually, we can hark right the way back to the end of 2013 when, when we got engaged. <laughs> and then uh, being an actor living in London. And at that point, Jason was a stage manager working in the West End. So two self-employed people, we just couldn't save <laughs> anything. <laughs> so we had great plans and nothing was happening. Um, and then we start, as the years went on, we started managing. So uh, it took us a long time. Yeah, and then we booked it in for May. I believe it was May the 9th. That was the original date, 2020. Yes. So I, I was filming something, I remember, in March and everything just dissolving around us and we'd just been in scotland for our pre-wedding photos to get to know the photographer this was on the sunday i got to cardiff that night and then by midnight we knew the honeymoon was cancelled <laughs> and then on monday morning as i was walking on the set to begin filming we knew the wedding was cancelled oh, it was such no. a swift like dismantling and then by that afternoon maybe monday afternoon we had it rebooked <laughs> for the year later i just said let's push it right the way back and then 
uh, yeah, we we're starting to get towards it in 2021, May 2021, and realised, nah, it's done. So wow. we cancelled again and pushed it to July this year. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, obviously the, the emotion must be overload. Yeah. It, Do you kind of ever pinch yourself and go, you know, I've, I've found my dream man and I'm allowed to get married and we can do this now. We can do it properly with the love of the family and your friends and everyone. Yeah, I really do. And and we were writing our, we're doing like a joint wedding speech. Uh, and we were writing that just yesterday. And um, we, it's a wedding, so you don't want to sort of go into things in too much detail, but it just felt like there was a, and, and thanking everybody who had helped us get the day going, mom and family and dads and everything. We felt like we had to sort of say a thank you to queer people through the ages, I guess, <laughs> through the ages, so they'd kill us because it was only in the 60s that things started to ch- change for the better. But, but it's really not that long ago, no, is, is it, it, when you look at the dates? No, and then I suppose, like, it, it was the 60s, things started to improve and then made 10 times worse in the 80s with the AIDS epidemic and then things have started to improve. I mean, it was only, uh, what, 20, was it 2010 or 2012 or something when with the Conservative government and they were in power that they allowed the... Um, for for the marriage to be yeah equalized. like the civil partnerships yeah, 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 wasn't yeah, yeah. it originally so civil partnerships and then moved on to marriage I guess yeah. more recently I mean it is literally only in the past decade yeah like, so I do pinch yourself and I do yeah feel like I owe a lot to generation of queer people that, that that fought for it I mean so yeah I do I do pinch myself and I'm, I just don't take it for granted at all and um, I was doing something I was on Virgin Radio Pride what a couple of weeks back and I was chatting to Matthew Todd and and I really sort of think. Yeah, a point that he makes is that you know as things things our rights are so fragile they're so fresh they could just go so i feel very privileged and and also super in love i mean that's the more important thing like, amazing and i yeah i met him all those years ago he was the, my first love he was the first oh incredible yeah, guy i laid my eyes on and was like whoa i think i mean i might be gay and then <laughs> i am and then now i'm marrying him it's ridiculous yeah congratulations you look you. so happy beaming. <laughs> it's great to see yeah. your next pick is cheryl lynn on my pride playlist got to be real this is uh this is like a bit of a club this is kind of a sex in the city club banger isn't it absolutely in it yeah this one came about because when i came out uh when i was 18 at drama school a friend of mine dale money hi dale he um (laughs) he was sort of really supporting me through that he'd been out a couple of years and um he put together a a playlist for me um and this was the first song on that playlist and um that was back in the days you know when it was on cd uh you know like it was I had to take the CD home and put it in uh, and listen to it when we were at Halls. And I just really, it was the first time I'd ever heard the song mm-hmm. as well, which is another thing. And so I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then sort of beginning to sort of move my hips, like, oh, okay, this is what it might be to actually start to dance to fun songs like this. And then it just, it's always, it's its ingrained now in my mind. So its it had to be in there. What was it like um, growing up in Scotland? And being gay and coming out in Scotland and and having those feelings, you know, when you're 11, 12, whatever, mm-hmm. that you might be different from other people. I think, um, I don't know whether it was different being in Scotland or or not. I think definitely there's a, um, a st- what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a, maybe a stubbornness to kind of open your mind up a little bit in Scotland. Uh I don't know that that's true now, I have to say. I think it's, it's changed so dramatically. But when I was growing up, it felt like uh, there was the way it was. It's quite a traditional sort of values, um, brilliant values in many ways, but it's quite traditional. And yeah, I was scared. I was very, very scared. I felt abnormal. Um, I, I was, you, you kind of, you, you fear ridicule. You feel, um, I feared being bullied really, really, mm. yeah, a lot. And uh, yeah, I was sort of so terrified. So it really was like when I left uh, school at 18 and went to drama school, which was um, at that point in Liverpool, I then moved to London shortly afterwards and began kind of again. Uh, I just came straight out of the closet. It felt like there was like maybe a three month wait. And then I was like, oh, I'm gay. Um, so it was difficult. But then, you know, I had nothing to fear. So when I did come out, everything was fine. And everyone mm. supported me. I guess there was a couple of people who took a little bit of time to get used to the idea. But mostly it was okay. I just, yeah, I just remember being very scared of it. But, you know, now I meet these young people who are... I was My niece turned 18 recently and um, we went to her party just at the weekend. And there was the uh, her group of friends. Uh, I think there was a non-binary kid. There was a gay kid, a bi kid. 
uh, a trans kid. Like it's like this is a different world, yeah. you know. Like and the, and they all are from the same area that I grew up in, and I could the idea I could never have imagined that when I was a kid. Cheryl Lynn, what a banger tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. It's my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Denier. I'm joined by David Carlisle from It's a Sin, you know, Gloria Gregory. Um, the next song, now listen, I knew, David, that you would put this song in, but the interesting thing is, are you going to go for Pet Shop Boys' version of this song, or is it going to be Ollie Alexander? Sorry, Ollie and Elton John, but yes, I would like to hear the, the original. Uh, only because that's the one that's in the show, you know. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Yeah, so I, I'd like to hear the original, please. Yeah, I mean, it's in there because I was in that show. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's now a good time to ask you about... So let's... Can we start from the beginning? Because so many questions here. You're going to be so bored of all my questions on <laughs> no, my play playlist. Um, how did you... I, I heard a rumour mm-hmm. that they were... For your character in It's a Sin, they were thinking about it being a, Macu- uh, a Mancunian. Right. Is that right? So how did you get yeah. the part? Yeah, so uh, on the, I came back from Scotland. Uh, we'd been up doing wedding stuff <laughs> again, one of the many times. And... Uh, I came back, I got the, my agent just said, look, there's this Russell T Davies new thing. You know, he means, I'm like, okay, this is a holy grail of script. Uh, It was Mancunian. I was asked to do it in a Mancunian accent. I just started prepping. And then my agent said, I suppose the cast directors just come back and said, I suppose it could be in any accent. See what you think. Anyway, I went in two days later um, and I said, what do you want me to do? She said, well, let's do it in your own accent first and then we'll do Mancunian. Then we've got both tapes. So, because there was quite a lot of scenes, I did them all in my own accent, and then we finished and left. And um, I immediately got engrossed in the news because Boris Johnson had just been sort of found guilty of proroguing Parliament, whatever it was at that time, do you yeah. remember? And uh, I was like, oh, what's happening? Completely sort of just disregarded everything. And about six hours later, I thought, oh, my God, I didn't do the Mancunian <laughs> accent. <laughs> I didn't do the accent that the script is written in. So I started calling my agent in a panic. She thought, well, there's nothing you can do now. So <laughs> um, we just left it and sort of played it confidently. And then, uh, yeah, 24 hours later, I was crossing the road at 10 a.m. in the morning and um, I got a phone call saying, yeah, that's it, you got it. And Brilliant. then Russell had been in contact immediately and said, where in Glasgow is he from? I need to put in all these references. We're going to change it a bit. So they changed the show for you? Well, they, well he put in things you. like where it was, yeah. So rather Amazing. Than, to make sure that there was the backstory as it's given about where he's from, those lines had to be changed. He wanted it to be specific to my area in Glasgow and he chose a kind of posher bit of Glasgow. And, and then, of course, like they had to cast Gloria's family mm. uh, and so that was done you know after me we began filming for a couple of months and i remember russell coming to set and then telling me he'd cast gary lewis um as gloria's dad and i, I honestly have like i've adored gary lewis as wow. forever so i just was i'd sit down you know like i thought what's going on with my life um and then got to meet gary and, and mess around with him <laughs> you know so yeah it was a surreal kind of experience is it true that you were a theater actor for a good decade before this opportunity yeah, totally. I mean, so this was your big break into television, yeah? Definitely, yeah. I'd done bits and pieces of, of TV, and um, but theatre was my bag, yeah. I'm sort of, yeah, I've been doing theatre for so long, it feels like. Probably, t- like, detrimentally, like, I would get offered a job, and because I love theatre so much, I'd just say, yes, please, and I'd do it. And my agent was probably a bit like, can we hang on and maybe try and bolster your CV a bit so that it looks as if you do do some television? Um, so I ought to be honest, when I went in for the casting, I thought, there's no way I'm going to get this. Um I'm not experienced enough in terms of my CV looking as if I'm experienced enough with screen stuff. But they took... And also the other thing is, I didn't even get recalled. Like, I just got given the job. The whole thing was just bizarre. It sounds like you smashed it and they knew (laughs) straight away. They're like, yeah, we've got the person. That's how it sounds. I think Peter, Peter, the director, did say, like, your tape just came through and you were the character we were looking for. I guess that's what it is. It's just your Donald Duck. Like, if you're right, you're right. Um, I think they'd actually be looking for the part for a couple of months as well. It Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I just walked in and... Did it? They, they sort of, yeah. I just was okay. I mean, that's the thing with being an actor. You can as much talent as you like, but if the if the time isn't right, so I have, I'm forever grateful to those to those people for giving me that job. We'll play Pet Shop Boys. Yes, this is in now. I've got loads of loads okay. of more questions. Yeah, I'm not great. letting you off the hook here. <laughs> just give me the reason why you want this song played now. The significance of the Pet Shop Boys because it was ne- the show was never called It's a Sin. The show was called Boys uh, for 
a year and a half. <laughs> and then just as it was about to be released, they changed the title. Um, and then it was because there was another show on Amazon called Boys. And so they, and, and Russ, we could never have thought he would have chosen a title like this. So we were all like, what? And then listen, I, I, I pulled out the Pet Shop Boys that I have in a vinyl and put it on in my house and just thought, oh, this is a different beast now. Something about that title just really tied up the show. And I was excited to see what people were going to make of it. Because he's making a political point the minute he put that title on the on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and for, I guess that point, it's just, it's now just burned into my brain. And, and it's such a definitive moment in my life to be part of that show. So it's now part of my Pride playlist. Special boys, it's a sin. Awesome track. Steve Denier doing my pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. It's a sin. David Carlisle is with me now. Can I take you back to the moment that you, you saw the script for It's a Sin? Did it hit you straight off? Did you go, oh my God, this is a hit? No, nobody did. Nobody did. Russell said that to us about a week after it came out. He had to call us all and check if we were okay. Okay. Because it was too much. Not too much, just... Uh, overwhelming you know like whoa what's happening we just felt like we were strapped there was a rumbling of like i remember a good two months before seeing the Mm. trailer Mm. and there was articles in the press saying that this is coming out Mm. this uh, obviously we were just going into that winter lockdown as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so uh, you know but they were kind of like i was like when is this starting i wanted to find the date and stuff so Mm. um you have really good pre-publicity yeah definitely yeah and and there was channel four really kind of went for it i think they actually redid like the trailer and made it into like an 80 style trailer which was really cool and mm. they really went for it and I, I remember Paul Flynn writing an article about the show and thinking wow okay like he's seeing something in this I mean I knew it was great obviously the script was amazing when I first read it and I was crying my eyes out every time I read it and then even from the script it got oh, yeah, you did it 100% I remember being on the train to Manchester and, and finishing for the first time episode 5 uh, and it's the final episode and just Really, <laughs> oh, episode five yeah, being all over the place, yeah, you know, with it. And then we got advanced viewing of it, um, about six months before it came out, and was blown away. And then I tell you what, this is the first time I've admitted this publicly, but I you're not supposed to show anyone it. But I said to my partner, Right, come on. So I sat down and we played all five. I'd, I'd watched them myself, and I then sat with him, and then I watched his reaction. And that's for the first point, I thought. And he's quite a critical brain and mm. is non-emotional, typically. And um, he was, he looked haunted by it. And I thought, wow, okay. But nobody expected what it was, definitely not. It, Russell said, um, look, I've done Queer as Folk and Doctor Who and, and I could never have anticipated this. Wow. And I remember speaking to the PR guy at one point during it who just, I mean, he was... He just couldn't barely speak. Like he, he's like, my, my inbox is a mess. <laughs> it was just a lot. And then, and then there's a public health impact. And then, like everyone started to recognise us in the street. And then, like, the, we'd go out for a drink when we when we could after lockdown. And because that was the thing, it was a delayed reaction for us. We we went through it in lockdown. Yes. And then, do, do you think while you, while you just mentioned that, do you think part of the success is because we, um, you know, lots of people were locked down. There was a pandemic of another kind on the go, and um, maybe people had more time to actually get fully involved. Yeah, I think that's a really good description of it. I I, I was worried that because when you read the script, when we read the script, people putting on gloves and everything, it, that felt just such an overreaction, and I was shocked by what this happened. And then of course we started doing it in modern times, putting on gloves, not touching each other, staying yeah. at a distance. I mean, that's what Gloria does the whole time to Jill is stay back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was definitely, I, I was, I didn't know how it was, I thought it might lose something because we were all now so used to it. But my friend Max uh, watched all five the minute it uh, aired. It's my best mate. And and he said the next morning, I went round to see, see him and his son, my godson. And um, he said, I think the public, you know, the new year, the vaccine rollout, we can, we can now look at, this with a degree of perspective and uh, I think maybe that 
that could be what it was. People could then empathise to, yeah. great, to a greater greater effect um, because of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was amazing, really. And then, yeah, and then the summer like rolls around. And so, how did your life change? We come out of lockdown, that mm-hmm. gradual development, and suddenly you're this massive star that everybody knows. It was it, it, it was it was funny, really, because it wasn't. Yeah, we went for... Okay, so the first time I really went to a bar was I went to... Can I shout out ba- bars? Yeah, of yeah. course. It's your show. Old Compton Brasserie. They were amazing. So they did a um, a La Cocktail. And oh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go and try that. And then I put it, I think I put it on my Instagram, and then they, they said, oh, well, come down. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I went down and got a seat. And at that point, remember, the street was pedestrianised. Yes. So all the seats and everything were on the, the middle of Old Compton Street. And I just started sort of feeling that kind of, those eyes drifting and then little whispers. And I was like, blood, you know, <laughs> what is going on here? That, like, people sort of know me as Gloria now. Weird, weird. And then at other, other times, you know, because so, it is actually only a kind of hand, say a handful, probably a ha- half of the public in the country have seen it. Another half have probably got no awareness of it whatsoever. I suppose it depends on your tastes. And... uh other times nobody's got a Scooby, which is great. <laughs> so you could get anonymity, and then kind of yeah, it's just such a it's weird, amazing, isn't it? Amari said to me that Amari Douglas played Roscoe said that when it came out, he felt like he was underwater, and I agree because it was we didn't know what was happening, and then it all calmed down, and then it happened again when mm. when lockdown ended, and we all just started like walking around the street and kind of yeah, it was a great. I mean, you can't complain like have that kind of level of. Um, yeah, that kind of level of what am I, what am I looking for here? Like a sort of integrity with your work just mm-hmm. feels amazing to have, and then also kind of yeah, this, the the opportunities that arise as a result of it are just incredible. Wasn't it Channel 4's biggest show ever or biggest stream show ever? I mean, the statistics. Right. Were, I remember Graham Norton saying to Ollie Alexander when he came in. Oh yeah, he said, you know, I'm really. I think it was after episode two or three. He said. This is hot, and you're hardly ever completely hot. But right now, yeah. every single person loves this show. Like there, there's been no kind of four out of fives. It's all five out of five stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a kind of intense feeling, you know, to know that it's been received so well like that. And we were we were prepped by uh, the team and and anticipating some negative reaction. Uh, none really? of that came. Yeah, I guess you never know like what's going to happen in the press and you never know how things are going to be received. So we had to prepare for everything. And so, yeah, just to be completely welcomed open arms by it was just insane. And we, we've got a WhatsApp group the pink palace <laughs> and then um, we were all just texting each other like is everybody okay and then callum uh, scott hills playing call and he said let can we just all have a zoom so we can kind of decompress <laughs> <laughs> so we all zoomed just to kind of go is everyone all right like it's been mad eh? <laughs> wow yeah oh, an so incredible brilliant. experience so brilliant um, i knew this would happen mm-hmm. i need to play another song what go we'll on. do is we'll get into i think for obvious reasons you've picked this laura brannigan glory well i'll play it yeah. when we come off the bat we'll talk more okay, okay cool. Brannigan and Gloria. It's chosen by tonight's My Pride playlist guest, David Carlisle from It's a Cine. He joins me tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. I think I can guess, cleverly place a guess now on why you picked that song. I think I know what you're going to say here. Okay, so actually, the, the word Gloria is used a lot more in the show than it ever was in the script. Really? Yeah, he was only ever called Gloria by Jill, I think, once or twice. And then uh, Peter of day one of rehearsals actually suggested to me the idea that of playing certain songs to end the episode kind of going to blackout and playing certain songs and he said for example I'd like to play Gloria at the end of episode two which feels like Gloria's story yeah uh, and I was very excited about that I thought oh cool you know like that kind of ending is, is quite powerful um, but I then thought no more about it really and then I watched the show and I realised that what had happened is that in ADR which is what you do after a show has been filmed you then go back in and, and maybe re-record some lines uh, and you can just see it if you really watch carefully you can see that 
some of the actors' mouths are saying Gregory, but the word coming out is Gloria. Because <laughs> they clearly thought we actually need to just plug it. Gloria a little bit more in here. So, uh, yeah, it, it then just became this thing. So, actually, I would call my character Gregory, mm. uh, but everyone calls him Gloria now. So, it's now a song that if it comes on uh, in, a, in a club or if I was at my niece's birthday party, it was like, okay, is this going to come on? <laughs> I'm just sort of acutely aware of that being a bit of a soundtrack now. It's so your song now. It does isn't feel it? a bit, yeah, I'm, I'm claiming it. <laughs> I, in preparation for this today, I rewatched it. Wow. Um, so I've rewatched the whole thing. God. And it doesn't get easier the second time. In fact, I'm really glad I saw it because I picked up so much more. But the first so the first time I cried mm-hmm. is the scene with you and Jill. Yeah. When you tell Jill in the flat. In yeah. the flat. I mean Yeah. Wow. Incredible rating. Like amazing. But you're acting. Oh, I mean you. I I sat there and watched every look that you two gave each other, every pause. You know the emotion. How? What was that like filming that scene? It's a very, yeah, it was very intense. It was a couple of days. Um, it's a couple of days to do all of it. Very intense day. Um, I mean, it was late on in the shoot. It was about four months in. <clears throat> um, probably actually, the moment where Jill says "okay" at the end of the kind of yeah, the scene, the section of in the flat. That mm. was Jill. That was Lydia's last line said before she wrapped the whole thing oh wow. so there was this real kind of awareness that we that it was her last day it was her last moment um as well as the fact that i was aware that russell said in the script this th- about the, their story gloria's story this happened so someone existed who this happened to it's incredible yeah and i just felt like a big responsibility of making sure i tell that right and so i just had to do everything i could so it was it wasn't uh, it was like, as an actor, it was one of the more difficult days I think I'll ever have, but thrilling nonetheless, because I do this because I do love the challenge of it. Mm. And, um, it was a very emotional day. But j- the thing is, Lydia, we all did, but um, Lydia and I were the first people to meet each other of the company. We we're both in makeup tests together. We shared a taxi to the station. And so we felt, I called her, she called me husband and I called her wifey because we were the, the, the original people to meet. And yeah. so there was a real kind of moment of knowing that there was trust in each other and that we wanted the best out of each other. And, and But then also our director, Peter, just gave us the freedom. He put the camera on and just let it go and we tried it out. There was no, like, stand here, you do this. It was whatever I wanted to do. There's a moment, actually, where I sort of put my hands on my face and that was actually only done because I was so upset doing it. I just did it once and, yeah. and then it never happened again, I don't think. And so that's the shot he chose. Do you know what I mean? It's just because I was legitimately upset yeah, by what I was what was coming out of my mouth. And then actually the lights broke um in the bit when I'm sitting on the couch chatting to her. Uh, at the end of one that day, and Peter had to come in our direction and say, "I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to pick this up tomorrow." This oh no! Happens. I know, and it was on the close-ups as well. So they do it kind of in wide, and then no. they get closer and closer and closer as it goes on. And we had to then cut, come back the next day, do all the stuff with Gary, which is when he's then uh, him and my sister uh, comes it turns up, and they they sort of chuck Jill out, and then right at the end of the day, they said, "Now we're going to have to do these close-ups," and. Peter was like, right, what's going to be the best to get us there? But it was, I was like, just let me speak to Lydia. So Lydia and I just sort of discussed what we're about to do. Right. Took our time and everybody kind of just got out the way of us a little bit until that happened. And then we did it. Yeah. It was a buzz though. We get in the car afterwards and we're like, oh my God, that was amazing. You know, like when when you, you feel like you're, you've been allowed to let it out, whatever's in you, not just emotionally, but ever what, what kind of, ability you may have kind of given this space to show it that feels that and a show of that size and that budget to be given that time and space to do it it's just a privilege uh, yeah i was so lucky that that was my first big job because i now have confidence well you're so that. great as well i mean i mean <laughs> episode you. two is your episode yeah it cool really story, is guess, it's yeah. the first you know the the ending of that episode when you suddenly saw your the family burning everything you know in the garden and then it cuts into the music at the end wow it's powerful before colin and before episode five but that's the first moment you go oh my gosh this is horrific yeah i see it as that's the the virus arriving into the group yeah um she's deliberately on the outside you know as a kind of just extension of the pink palace and then it sort of really starts to hit them but they don't take it too seriously you know they just write a card and say hope you're okay yeah and then they never hear from them again um 
so it's, it's so brilliantly written that and I remember Gary telling me about I hope you won't mind me saying this but him telling me about him shooting the bonfire scene and, and how he's, he said there was just trying to get his imagination in the right place he saw a pair of my my shoes or yeah like the character's shoes there's obviously a couple of pairs uh, burning and he said that just really resonate, resonated with him the idea that somewhat the, the things that someone's existence walked on this earth with were burning yeah I just thought, like, yeah, that's an amazing thought. And really. the baby pictures are just, wow. My mum, can you imagine my mum watching it? Like, she just was amazed. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, because I had to ask her for the photos and was like, I, I can't really tell you what they're for, but it's just, for, you know, it's for background stuff and, yeah, pretty, pretty brutal. They were my photos, yeah, and I was like, it's great to, it's really harrowing, but it was really cool to, like, have, you know, that, your, your baby your pictures baby. used <laughs> like that. You that's know, that was, it was a babe, yeah. I was like, that's great. Wow. Cool. Oh, congratulations. I mean, you know, you. that is, what an incredible moment. Very few actors, I suppose, will have something so powerful that's resonated with so many people. You know, that's the thing. It's I, a life no. and death scene, you know, like, those, those, are the, those are the scenes that challenge any actor to kind of really go for it. And uh, I feel so grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> it's brilliant to talk to you about it. We're going to go on to Celine Dion. We've got Celine <laughs> Dion one. part two now. Another one. Uh, tell me about this song. River Deep, Mountain High. So, the, I mean, this is, I was about 14, 15, uh, maybe, yeah. And I was on MSN Messenger after school. Uh, shout out to those that remember it. <laughs> I do. And, uh, yeah. And then um, my mate Scott, uh, who, uh, he sent me this song that from his computer and said, <laughs> just have a listen to this. And I remember listening to it and going, and it's it wasn't out at the time. It was you know it was a it'd been out for a while, and uh, I was supposed to be listening to like Slipknot and Blink One Eight Two and <laughs> yeah. you know all those like kind of cool bands kids. exactly. Yeah. And then this I listened to this and went, oh my god, this is brilliant. <laughs> I love this song, and and sort of even being slightly conscious of I should maybe put it down because it feels like quite camp music, and I shouldn't really be listening to camp music <laughs> in case mum or dad start to ask questions. Uh, as I started to realise there was something a bit different from me, different about me, and yeah, and so therefore it's one of those songs that just sort of defines a moment where I started to come to terms with the fact that I was queer, <laughs> and I loved it and danced around in secret like any good queer does. Celine Dion, River Deep, Mountain High. Absolute tune on Virgin Radio Pride. This is my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Dania. I'm joined by It's a Sin's David Carlisle. Uh, I must ask you this question. I ask every guest this every week and we get different answers. Let me take you all the way back. Do you remember that moment that you realised that you were different from the other boys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, actually, I feel there's two moments. I feel like I was aware that I didn't like girls when I was like five years old. Yeah. I just really, like, I just knew that, oh, why do all these other boys want to talk about girls and I just want to talk about boys? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that goes away, you know, and then because you, you don't care about that. But, um, I remember just asking the question to myself at that young age, and then it was about 14, 15, uh, just not being on the same wavelength as other guys at my school and my mates and just and feeling like I was having to pretend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally, for, I guess for anyone who isn't queer who might be listening and, and is trying to work it out, it's a bit like if someone was to ask you about like Bitcoin and you have to pretend like you know all about it. It's just It just feels like that. You're completely ill-equipped to have the conversation. You've got no connection to it. So I just remember knowing that. And then, and then I remember being sixteen years old, six maybe seventeen, and lying in bed late at night, and I whispered to myself, "I'm gay," and that was the first time I had to say it aloud. But it had to be to myself, and, it, and I think I then repeated it, and then sort of felt, "Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> how am uh, I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this?" Yeah, and then. Uh, and then I did a year later, and it was it was it's never as bad as you think. <laughs> no, but actually thinking back on things, it's you'd like to think now that kids will kids have got you know TV shows like Heartstopper to watch, like I you know. say, you know, you go back to where you grew up, and there's non-binary people there, mm. and uh, people are a lot more aware now, aren't they? But obviously, when you were growing, well, certainly when I was growing, we didn't have that, did we? No, I think it that was awareness. Like, queer, queer as folk was the first 
sort of mainstream thing that, that I was aware of it being on. I remember Clapham Junction as well. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a remarkable like, mm. piece of TV. Harrowing though. I mean, like watch with caution. It's it doesn't paint things in a good light. Because um, there's a queer bashing in that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Really harsh queer bashing. And also they all seem to be having sex with each other and it's all quite kind of seedy and yeah. it's all kind of, yeah, it just feels insidious somehow. Um, mm. I mean, a, a, a brilliant piece of... And I think it's probably quite true, to be honest. Uh, but as a young person, when you're just looking for something hopeful rather than I am dirty or, or I have something to hide yeah. or something dangerous, you know, these were these were shows that uh, were thrilling but equally just sort of painting a... Yeah, whereas Heartstop was just so like... Oh, isn't it so Yeah, so I must ask air? you, because that's that seems after it's a sin. Yeah. That's the next big show. But, but the difference is with that is um, it's actually... It's actually kind of uplifting, isn't it? Absolutely. Like there's nobody dying of drugs or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AIDS. Or AIDS, or... exactly, yeah. It's just two boys falling in love yeah. and the beautiful emotional moments that surround it, right? Yeah, a little bit of bullying going on, but that's going to happen to you no yeah. matter who you are in life. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I remember sta- we were standing at, at BAFTA when, when we were going to those awards and I, and I was waiting in a queue, so I don't know what for, to see my picture taken or something, and he was stood behind us in his beautiful pink suit. And I turned around and said, can I say hello to you? My name's David. And he went, I know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> but I thought, oh my god! Actually, you were probably sixteen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's eighteen now, but he was probably sixteen when when he watched It's a Sin. And I thought, God, if I did something like It's a Sin, and then he's now now he's now he's the guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's It's a Sin was carrying that torch and now it handed over to over to yeah to them. I just and and, and they're taking it with such kind of like enthusiasm, with such grace and fun and. Yeah, I could not have done that when I was 18. I no. was too racked with fears and, and worries and anxieties. Still am at times. Like, yeah, they, I just am marvelling at them. They're just how they're doing it. It yeah, seems the reaction's been great for them as well. You know, yeah. mainly if you look on social media, yeah. lots of people have, uh, you know, u- university said this is beautiful and yeah. so, so needed as well. Completely. I think the only sort of slightly negative thing, which isn't really negative, is just I wish that we'd had it. You yes. Know? It's sort of almost like a, a painful yearning for for the, the, the part of us that never got to go through, never got to have that catharsis mm. or just or something hopeful. Like, yeah, it's just so cute. It's so brilliant. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that there's a generation of young people now who just have that. You yeah. Because, like, yeah, it's just wonderful. wonderful the game changer. Exactly, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Patty LaBelle's next new attitude. <laughs> so, I mean, much the same story to be honest as River Deep Mountain. Hi, the same friend. Hi, Scott. Um, Scott sent me this. And went, Have you heard this one? <laughs> and I went, Oh my god, this is amazing as well. And I shouldn't be listening to this. I definitely should should be listening to something more grungy. Um, <laughs> and then it appeared. I remember in Miss Congeniality too, uh, which I had gone to the cinema to see in secret. <laughs> it's just so daft. Like really, how, why? Because I. Because Miss Congeniality at that point in my life, I guess, was the first one was, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be watching that because that's a chick flick. Chick flick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't even like that. I just love, you know, like guns <laughs> or whatever it is, like some kind of action movie. And then so then it's Miss Congeniality 2 came out. And I thought, well, I, I really want to see it, but I'll have to go. I don't think I went on my own. I think I probably went with Scott. In fact, I know I went with Scott. Yeah, right, I did go with Scott. You go in disguise. Um, we just went li- later at night <laughs> when we knew no one was going to be there. Uh, the kind of you know, backwater times, and uh, and watched it together. And, and I remember the the moment where that's there's like a drag catwalk, and she's dressed as part of the bell singing um, singing the song. And I just I love it. And every time it's on, I just dance, dance, and dance. And certainly my wedding, it's going to be on. And yeah, it's perfect. Labelle, new attitude picked by my Pride playlist guest tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. It's Mr. David Carlisle, Gloria Gregory from It's a Sin. Now, the next pick, and I knew you would pick Ollie Alexander. Um, tell me about when you first met. How long have you known him for? Just yep. since just since we started the, the show. Yeah. Just remind you when, remind me when you all met, when you started to film. Mid-September, 
I feel like it was like the 21st or 23rd of September 2019. Um, and the first time was the read through. And I went into this sort of fairly corporate looking room, jammed full of people. And I was sat next to Jill Nolder on my right, Callum Scott Howells on my left. Next to him was Ollie. And um, we introduced ourselves and we barely got a chance to talk. But that evening there was a big kind of get together. And then for the rest of the week, the six of us, Pink Palace 5 and me, all got to hang out. And I got to know Ollie a bit better. And then, of course, as things have gone on, we've sort of had to bond. (laughs) And you were saying a couple of weeks ago, you're actually really good friends. You hang out with him. You you got to know him really well. I think we all are. Like, you know, we all really genuinely care about each other. You can't go through this and not. Um, Yeah, we went to, Mary and I went to see his tour, uh, Night Call tour. At Wembley, uh, and just, I just, I mean, all these, all these just, it's just, it's just one of the best people I think I've ever met. One of the most authentic men I've ever met. Um, warm and caring, and and then watching him on stage and going, like, he's just, he's a, yeah, he's one of those people, like many performers, really, where they have, they feel like one person, um, to talk to and another person when they're on stage, and and yeah, I just think he's an exceptional person and, and just wonderful, and what he does for the community and just his insight and his intelligence and his creativity and. I just think he's fab. And so this song, um, I've chosen it because it was, he asked me and Nathaniel and Ollie and, in fact, Callum and Lydia, but they were busy, to be in his music video. Oh, amazing. So we were in it with uh, Monroe Berghoff and, yeah, we just got to go and dance around. And so he put me, he asked me the night before, babe, can we shave your head? <laughs> and I went, uh, oh, why not? So I went into the studio and they shaved my head about midday and then, Spent six hours in makeup with him putting a prosthetic kind of headpiece on. Like, it looks like my head's exploded with glass. Yeah. And then they dressed me up in red leather with six inch nails and put me in high heels. Um, and so I was this kind of like dominatrix Ruby Queen. And um, I just danced around to his. I hadn't even heard the song either. He came up to see me. He was like in hot pants and just painted blue. Of course he was. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was sat there having a coffee with me. And I was like, I haven't even heard your song all. And he's like, oh, you'll hear it later. And I had to go down and they just shouted at. <laughs> and then press play and it was the first time I'd heard the song but uh, it's the only music video to my knowledge that I've ever been in um, and I just love it and I just feel very like honoured to have done that certainly at, like, when we were at his gig and he played the song and Murray and I just looked at each other and we're like this is so mad that yeah. we're in that video and I just had such a good day and, and actually the next the day after Crave was the National Television Awards when the show won Best New Drama, I think it was, and I don't think that ever happened for Channel 4, so it just feels like there was a 40-hour period underscored by that song, really, and that that means a lot to me. And I got to be super cat, I mean, like, oh my God, and those nails and heels and makeup and just leather and, yeah, surrounded by kind of boys in pants, like, it was, just like, it was just fun. So, yeah, that's why I've chosen it. Sounds like a perfect Saturday night out, It was, it? exactly, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a hard show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to it now, but once you've listened to it, oh, after this show, watch the video. Yeah, 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 watch the video. Do that. Alexander and Crave on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Danier, joined by the wonderful David Carlisle tonight on my Pride playlist. So you just heard Ollie. Uh, let's go straight into your next pick. What are you choosing? The next song is I Am What I Am, but I've been really specific and maybe you can't get it, but I've asked for this. The original off-Broadway cast recording. Oh, brilliant. Oh, uh, for, yeah, I Am What I Am. So tell me about this, why have you picked this version? When I was at drama school, we had to do song shares, right? Mm-hmm. And I like singing, I can sing. Um, but I'm not a musical theatre person. But I um, I thought, I really want to do a song that's going to challenge me in other ways. And I, I'm kind of proud of myself for this awareness, the vulnerability of it. I went, I'm really scared of being gay. And I was out and everything, but I was scared of it. And uh, I had heard this song as I, you know, as I was educating myself in gay culture. And... Listen, was listening to this specific version and then thought for song share I'm going to learn this song and then I'm going to dress up in drag and I'm going to sing it because wow. it's, it's an incredible acting journey through this song it's not if you if, in the casual fall the, the actual show that it's in it's, it's a moment of, of rejection mm. and then de- becoming determined uh, 
and I, and I, I was keen to explore that journey because I knew it was challenging something within me. It was a place I was running away from. And I think as an actor, you've got to go towards those things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I dressed up in drag and everything. And like, I sort of didn't really tell me some of my mates knew. And then came in and I sort of was aware that my schoolmates were going to all laugh and everything. And I had to kind of try and control that and pull it back down. And I just remember like loving being in drag and singing that song and I don't think I've ever dressed up in drag since but uh, I just it was a moment for me of approaching my mm. sexuality in a, in, a, in a very public way <laughs> so uh, I've chosen that one Is there any footage of this? That's the next question I've I, got th- to, I mean I'm a journalist I need I to ask such I things know. I think there is footage of it <laughs> Yeah uh, I, As he goes on YouTube what is that? I know <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's one of those things it's contained in somebody's phone but I'm sure I've seen it I'm going to I don't mind people watching it actually because I, I'm. I'd I'm love to see it. it. I think Steph McGregor. I think Steph McGregor's got it. <laughs> I feel like she she was the one that filmed it. Uh, it. It exists somewhere. Yeah. So do some digging if you can find it. Please send me it. I am what I am. I don't want praise. I don't want pity. Steve Daniel with you tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. Mondays mean my Pride playlist. And tonight, the guest is David Carlyle. So we go from the off-Broadway version of I Am What I Am, and that's only very, very special, to Mr Harry Styles. Tell me more about this. This is uh, a brand-new addition to a Pride playlist for me. This is from his new album, isn't it? Exactly. His new album, his first song on his new album. Uh, and it was the song that he opened his show at at Wembley that I went. I was lucky enough to go and see. Oh, you went to it? Yeah. What do you think? Night. Amazing. Honestly, one of the best nights of my life. My mate Haley and I went. We've been Harry Styles fans since day one, as in X Factor day one sort of level of you know these boys are awesome. And then completely like in the face of all criticism and all rejection, we loved One Direction. Um, and now we love Harry. Um, and then, so I went to see it on Sunday night and we had the best time. And on um, his opening song was music for a sushi restaurant. And in that show on the Sunday night, a man was in the front uh, row holding a sign saying, please help me come out. And there's footage of it all over now where he then said, are we going to do this? And I heard him actually check with the guy, gay, question mark. I'm sure that's what he said. Yeah. And I went, Haley looked at me and was like, what was that? And later on, he then says, let's do this. And he helped him come out. And I just remember standing there and with 80,000 people, whatever that capacity is of that enormous stadium, thinking this icon across the world has just done that in this stadium and it's going to be seen everywhere. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, times have changed, haven't they? Like, this is amazing. I just love him for doing it. And, I mean, his motto is treat people with kindness in it. And I just think it's exceptional. And I just love this song. I think this song's an anthem. And so, and because he opened that show, this will be now forever on the Pride playlist for me. <laughs> Brilliant. Don't you think he's become just such a, I don't know, like such a kind of great ambassador for all things free and kind, like we were saying a moment ago. His exactly. career has grown beautifully and he's doing all the right things all in, the right in things. all the right, you know, in the right way. But but I, I would imagine against advice, uh, you know, like, because people have to give you the advice that maybe you don't want to listen to. And I'm sure people are sort of saying to him, oh, you know, maybe pull back a little bit, maybe don't sort of sort of bring in this or say these things or do that. And I, I guess he just is going with it. It feels to me, and maybe it's because I'm a super fan, but it feels to me like he's going with his heart. Yeah. And 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 he's just determined to kind of make sure that nobody's ill-treated anymore. I just think it's amazing For, to do to do that, to make... I mean, that was his moment in the show. He probably had put aside time in the show to have a major conversation with his audience. Yeah. And, and he chose that as the thing to do. Oh, I just think he's great. We love him. We love <laughs> him. We love you, Harry.
Mr. Will Young's next on your Pride playlist. Yeah. He came on my Pride playlist saw, last year. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Uh, which saw is a, a great interview. Are you a fan? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I love him. I'd loved everything he's ever done, to be honest. And this song in particular, Evergreen, uh, which is his first song, is there um, because I was a teenager, probably actually looking back, probably only a couple of years younger than, than Will at the time. Um, and when he was on Pop Idol, I... Oh God, I was such a little gay boy. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I I begged my mum to get t-shirts made for Team Will because uh, it was Team Will or Team Gareth. Yeah. And I went round to my aunts that night, and we and you know God love my family. They must have thought I was such a, a strange wee kid. But I was like, right, we're going to have a Team Will party, and like I voted for him about fifteen times. <laughs> I was just like determined, like this guy's going to win. And I don't know. I feel like there was a. Something in him I knew was in me. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a weird that, thing to say. That, <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> um, it was. <laughs> it was just it, I could sort of witness something there. And, uh, oh God, my fiance. We've all gone red, David. My, now. Yeah, Look at that. My fiance husband listened to this. Like, what on earth? It's a commercial radio station. Sure. Um, <laughs> it was. It is something that I just loved about him and this song then came out and then he came out shortly afterwards yeah didn't literally like a couple of i was going to later. ask you, do you up until that point i can't remember too many really positive role models i think maybe will was one of the first because yeah. i remember my mum saying things about she loved him and yeah. she kind of knew that he was gay for me that really worked well did it was it for you yeah yeah definitely one of the first big role models we had yeah will i think Young. so and and i really liked his his music it was getting kind of again that pressure at school you know why you listen to will Young for good sake. Um, and my pal at the time, she had tickets to go and see Will Young, and I went with her and kept it a secret. You know what I mean? Because it sounds so silly now, but I remember he was probably one of the first concerts I've been to that that I enjoyed, you know, because I was going to see other things that I was into. You know, Blink 182 is amazing, but I remember just not enjoying that stuff as much as I enjoyed seeing Will. And yeah, he was definitely a kind of trailblazer in that. Such a brave decision. Probably had a uh, a detrimental effect at the time, perhaps on his career. He maybe. I, I wonder what he would say about that. But, um, but he said that he was advised not to, yeah, not to I'd come out. So, yeah. uh, but then he also said, I remember him saying on this show that he thought everybody knew. In any case, it was like, look well, at me. That's a you fair know? point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. And, and why, why lie? And your work's always going to be better. I mean, it may not be as successful, perhaps, as, as if you are hiding, but um, it will be better because it'll be more authentic. It will speak to people more. And I think that his career has shown that. You know, he, he is such a a career of kind of depth and it's such a great scope of work he's done. And mm. his work is always really clever and detailed and complex. I just, yeah, I think he's a wonderful, wonderful artist. It feels like a good time to ask you this. Yeah. Um, are we in a good place at the moment? You know, this is Virgin Radio Pride. It's yeah. Pride season. Mm -hmm. How are we doing? You mean a society, not just Virgin? Yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Virgin's going really well. I mean, I'm still laughing about that, Will. You're <laughs> to be know. honest with you. I'm still like, you know, holding <laughs> yeah. on to the desk, trying not to yeah. laugh. How um, are we doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> How are we doing? How are we doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, should we be celebrating where we're at? Yes, I think we should be. Um, we've come so far in such a short space of time. It should have been quicker. It should have been quicker, but we've come really far. I am concerned by um, the rising hate against particularly the trans community. I think it feels like any kind of hatred that people have is sort of being directed there because it's the it's the one kind of area that people can call well i don't quite understand that so i'll just direct it over is it there. people being scared do you think people not getting it always it I, from, I mean i think that's that's my opinion on it is yeah homophobia is a fear um uh, and so i don't i don't like people being homophobic but i i, I don't judge it because i do think it's a misunderstood thing i think people need to be educated mm. i've got members of my family who are very kind and loving people but are homophobic um and I, I don't judge them for it. I just am wishing them to hurry up, like because it's it's the inevitable stage that they'll reach, which is understanding and acceptance. Mm. Um, so just get there quicker. You know what I mean? Like read a book. Like just meet more people. Um, so I think we're in a really fantastic place. But I am I'm worried about that where that what's happening. And I think particularly you know there's a there's a rise of kind of uh, individualism going on everywhere and i mean economically politically like i mean it's everywhere yeah so it's definitely happening 
against the community too and I'm, I'm worried about that but I feel like there is enough positive steps happening elsewhere that we can kind of fight against it and also I mean look, look the queers have like they've they've been one of the biggest forces ever in history about making change I mean so I kind of think it's foolish to try to fight them <laughs> like, like what, if you look back in history they've just changed stuff yeah. like it just don't don't anger the queens <laughs> in a relatively short space exactly. of time. I mean, fifty years. Yeah. the world has changed. Exactly. We've changed the world. That's it. Civil rights movement, the gay movement. Like, yeah, it's just those. Don't anger those communities. They'll 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 just. You know, if you if, if you want your cause, if, if you are hateful and you want to maintain sort of slightly more tradition, say slightly more very traditional values, don't don't anger us because we'll just speed it up if it was like yeah that's my feeling about it. i love the gay community for that Chosen by David Carlyle from Mrs. Sin. He is my guest tonight on Virgin Radio Pride, uh, picking his tracks on my Pride playlist. So we're here then. We have one final song. I feel like we should have a drum roll now, David. Um, what are you picking? This is Superstition, Stevie Wonder. A very simple explanation behind this. It's that it's my fiance at the moment, future husband in a week and a bit. Uh, it's their favourite song. Oh, okay. So I just had to have it. because. Why is that? They can dance to it like a demon. Okay. Um, <laughs> so again, it, is there video evidence? Yeah, there will that? be absolutely. I've got plenty of content. <laughs> I'll airdrop in a minute. Excellent. Yeah, he's. Uh, J- whenever this comes on, Jason, my partner, my. I'm going to say oh, I'm frightened to say husband in case I jinx it because COVID all of a sudden just stops it again. <laughs> I keep wanting to say my husband, but it's not. Uh, he, my future husband in a week and a half. Uh, when it comes on, he just takes to the dance floor and those hips start moving. And I tell you what, those hips. Uh, that that was what caught my eye. <laughs> uh, so it, it it will you know even if the the world ends tomorrow, this is a song that will always just be there for me on a pride playlist. It's my my first love's favourite song. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. We're getting to that. One final question I'm going to ask just as we come off the back of this. Yeah. Um, do you talking on on the subjects of pride? Do you? Go to them. Have you been invited to go to many this year to talk? I know there lots of people go on stage. And are you political with a small or a big P? Uh, I think I'm probably political with a big P. Yeah. All, certainly, all my mates would say that. Um, I try to kind of to balance it a bit because um, you know you can't be political all the time because you go mad. Uh, but definitely, I mean, yeah, I love attending Pride. Um, I, I'm I'm getting. <laughs> So we talked. I said my playlist is super gay. This is how super gay I am. Go on. Um, I'm getting married on Pride Day, <laughs> the second of July. So uh, I'm not able to attend Pride in London this year because I'm in Glasgow. That's a good enough married, reason, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. To a man. So yeah, you know, I'm still representing. You could have the day off. Thank you. <laughs> but I am also the patron of Glasgow's Pride Mardi Gras this Amazing. year, which I'm really honoured uh, about. And uh, I'm going to be in Bali on my big gay honeymoon so i can't be at glasgow's pride mardi gras this year but i'm going to shoot like a video and then apparently the the, the, the um the runners of the the event are going to put it up and so i'll, oh, I'll have, I'll have my say so uh which i'm just so honored about like really when i think about back to being a kid and so i really wanting to attend prides in glasgow and just been too frightened to do mm. it and now i can kind of i'm a patron of it which just feels lovely very yeah my what's happened to my life but yeah delighted <laughs> well thank you so much for doing this tonight thank you, um, for it, me. It, it, you know it kind of all kind of started after i was a guest on your show a couple yeah, yeah. Weeks ago. And i said oh please do it you were i'd love to do <laughs> it love and to then, do like it. you know a couple of can you just quickly tell me about this the big documentary you've worked on for virgin radio pride i want to congratulate you uh just just kind of sum it up what it is yeah so when i was doing it to send there was a scene there that never made it to the final cut which was a scene of um Ollie's character Richie and Damari Roscoe were uh, in a squat together getting it on and then all of a sudden the door bursts open and it's glorious uh, who's kind of in, a, have a, in the middle of a hangover saying like we've got to get out of here uh, because we're being chased by skinheads uh, and so the point there is that Roscoe and Gloria were mates who were squatting because they were homeless and they both had to leave their home right so uh, it 
taught it led me to look at uh, the levels of homelessness that exist within Britain, in particular amongst the youth. Uh, and um, more particularly the LGBTQ plus community. And so of all young people who are homeless in the streets, 24% of that figure are LGBTQ plus. It's amazing, that's big, isn't it? Unbelievable, isn't it? This is exactly my reaction. So when I saw it, I went, what? It was one of those, what? Mm. Uh, and so then I had to find out more. And then I was talking to Virgin and I said, look, I would really would like to do a documentary. I, I love radio. I listen to the radio all the time. It's never kind of off. And I'd really like it as a medium. And so I, I spoke to Virgin and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So I've got a two-part documentary coming out. I basically, I've uh, as much research as I, got, as I could find, but I've also managed to get two participants, so young people, Foyers and Jack, uh, who talked to me about their experience of it. And so that's coming out, uh, I believe, in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure of the date yet. Um, we're nearly there. We're literally finishing touches uh, and I'm really proud of it. And so, yeah, when it comes out, please have a listen. I'd love that. It's an honour to have you here today and also as a part of the team oh, and, and to be in the mix of this beautiful thing we've been doing this the summer. The honour is all mine. David Collar, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. so much for listening in that was the my pride playlist pridecast and make sure you subscribe to hear loads more good stuff from virgin radio pride the virgin radio pridecast proudly supported by disney plus full of stories and love for all